series, Industry Talks, where we talk to junior and senior professionals for about 20 minutes to learn about their professions, how they found themselves in their professions, and ultimately provide you with actionable insights for you to break in to that particular industry. Stay tuned. Good morning and good afternoon, depending upon the time you're listening to this. Today's podcast is a new series, Industry Talks, where we talk to young black professionals across across London, but hopefully across the UK, outlining their journey to break into their respective fields, tips and tricks. So if you're interested in, in industries and the roles they operate in, you can break into those as well. So here we have our first guest of the show, Zeke, say what's up. Hey, nice to meet you guys. Awesome. So I guess without much further ado, can you tell us about your profession and what it is you do and perhaps your job title too? Yeah, sure. So um, on paper, my job title is um, I'm a data governance analyst at um, Cubit Group, which is um, what they call a boutique consultancy. So they specialize specifically in data. So everything to do with data, whether or not it's uh, data engineering, um, data analytics, um, data science, and most recently, um, they've been moving into data product management as well. And I guess the following question is, how did you find yourself in a boutique consultancy firm? So I think like other graduates, um, pe- people aren't particularly sure about what industry they want to, what professions they want to go into. Mm-hmm. So um, they, they usually just go for anything that can provide them with specific skill sets to launch them in whatever career they decide they want to go for in the long term. So for me, it was more, I want to take an analytic um, role in whichever job I took. So um, I found myself in accountancy, so audit, which was the, basically the first place that accepted me. Um, I think I was there for four months, but subsequently had uh, a meeting with one of the partners and we just came to an agreement that look, um, audit just wasn't for me. So I think um, after that, I decided to go for consultancy, which kind of was a lot more um, expressive in the ideas you could bring to the table. So I guess um, it, it's more about the skill set when it comes to straight out of university, what jobs you're looking for, to be honest. And in regards to the like, application process, um, mm. perhaps we should take a step back in regards to the skills, maybe your, your educational background. Do you think that played a, a huge role in you being able to land this, this current role? Um, to be honest, I, I wouldn't say so. Um, it, it's more about, so my degree wasn't in particularly related to my role at all. Mm-hmm. Anything provided more of a conversational point with the interviewer, but that, that's, always, that's always a good thing, to be honest, to be able to speak to the interviewer from your own perspective and, and mm-hmm. what you've spoke, what, what you've learned at uni. So um, I guess, I guess, your degree doesn't have to be relevant to the career you're trying to pursue, but as long as you can use that in ways that are unique to just you when it comes to the interview process and whatnot, it, it's, it's good. I think being able to talk to people is definitely the, the first and, and key skill that you need to have. And that, that comes from the interview phase as well. This is even before a job. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about, I guess, those, those soft skills. So how did you yeah. develop and prepare your soft skills to enable you to, at that interview, perhaps make a first good impression and articulate yourself in, in a poignant manner? So to, that, that's, a lot of, that's a lot to do with um, what I engaged with when I was at university. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I would always throw myself into group presentations, 
um, extracurricular activities. So you played American football. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so it's a lot of um, mixing with people that weren't particularly from your degree and just learning to speak to them. That that, mm-hmm. that was mainly the key thing. And and um, I, I went for an academic position, so I think course rep in my first year. And, and that was even though I was, a, I was a terrible public speaker. But I, I think the more you do something, the better you get at it, even if it's not natural to you at first. And if we take a look at your, like, education history you went to Dartford Grammar I went to Best Grammar so there's a little bit of tension already but the IB is, is, is notoriously supposed to be more difficult than um, your regular A-levels and my sister did the IB she will she yeah. will let you know that this the sentiment too I guess one of the difficulties is that you're you're studying a wide breadth of different subjects and you have to um, internalize remember and repeat topics from from different subjects how did you find the perhaps the examination process being able to study multiple different subjects and retain that yeah. information because that's obviously where, where some people feel so i personally i'm not a strong exam taker if it comes to yeah. coursework i can crack that out because you know you can do that whenever you want really but the ability to retain and regurgitate information perhaps is where i tended to fall short so how did you perhaps overcome that um so yeah like like you to be honest uh, my, my ability to retain and regurgitate information was it has always been lacking mm-hmm. so i i guess uh, the main thing for me was understanding the content. So whereas I didn't understand the syllabus word by word, if I understood um, the context, then no matter which question came at me, I was able to understand it and, and basically kind of freestyle on the spot. I, I guess uh, when it came to revision time, I didn't really revise. It was more of just me just trying to engage with, with the subjects, read around the subjects and just understand the real basics because I feel like every complicated um, every complicated um, question is just an application of very basic concepts. So mm-hmm. I think if you have the basics down, then um, that, that's, that's more than enough. And for you, how do you focus on the task of learning the basics? So personally, I read textbook quite traditional. I go through pen and pads, hundreds of pages, highlight the key parts, re-repeat that whole process to eventually I can internalize those very, very core fundamental principles. And hopefully you can apply those to, to a later stage. But some people have like different styles of learning. What's your learning style? Um, my learning style, I'd say, is uh, basically understand all of the possible definitions mm-hmm. in, in a text. So for, for instance, economics, it's understanding what, what is supply, what is demand, and, and just reading about that because in economics, I, I guess it, it's all about the study of, of interactions between a buyer and seller. So if you understand um, basics of that, then e- even the most complicated stuff, you can just apply the laws of supply and demand to it and, and go from there. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot of, it's a lot of work, but at the same time, how many times have you been able to just recite your favorite tv series or you, you can name song lyric yeah yep. exactly for word for word and that's because you engage with it all the time and mm-hmm. I, I guess the more you engage with something the, the more um you start to absorb it and i think at, at one point um comes a light bulb moment where everything just clicks then you get it somehow but yeah it, it's definitely it's definitely the more you engage with it the better you get so if we could perhaps like fast forward to let's say november 2017, maybe a little bit earlier to, to that. We're looking to apply for, for positions. We apply for, for BDO. What does that application process look like? 
So um, I think the first thing was the, the online forms and, and mm-hmm. th- that's definitely the, the most difficult part because uh, I think these days you don't have enough people to go through application by application. So a lot of them use um, computers, algorithms to, to sieve out um, a lot of applications based on what keywords they have in it. Mm-hmm. So I think um, for every job, understand what their values are. So whether or not they look for communication, analytical skills, um, teamwork, and then tailor your application answers to fit which, whichever keywords they mention themselves. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, making that specific to every company will it definitely increase your chances of getting through the um, application stage. When it comes to the interview stage, I think treating that more as a conversation um, definitely becomes a lot easier because um, the interviewer relaxes themselves, you relax themselves, and a lot of the time you go off on a tangent. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the interview stage, I think, treat that more as a conversation, understand the company, their values, uh, as well as what they do in the news. And I think you're basically halfway there. So regards to like prep work, you mentioned what they do in the news. So I'm guessing you made a focused on commercial awareness, probably typed in yeah. video on, on Google News, seen the most yeah. recent articles and tried to fathom what the company was doing. What other prep work? So why did I do currently sometimes to so go on LinkedIn, try and find the hiring managers of a particular company. You sift through the LinkedIn and try and find some commonality on um, whether it is they played America. America football to me is one of the easiest ones. Because yeah, yeah, automatically yeah. you can just kick off, you talk about anything, you talk about college, <laughs> you talk about NFL, anything. So you try and find some, some commonalities between yourself and the interviewer. And then really the first thing I talk about is, is that. And I really try and get them bought into Because hearing people talk about topics they're excited about is great. Um, and then yeah. as you mentioned before, the interview, some cases very difficult because sometimes they're asking you very technical uh, questions yeah, so you yeah. try and position it like it's just a, a chat with with, an, with a friend because you know once you're at that interview stage in, in most cases based upon you passing like the, the shortlist period process and the applicant mm-hmm. software tracking software they're yeah. now really in most cases um, judging you based on your, your cultural fit and, and your competence and cultural yeah. fit to my understanding is just your ability to articulate yourself with with stakeholders and not be a, basically a dickhead, really. You know. Yeah, exactly, it. exactly. Although some people you meet at the work, you're like, "Oh, bro, you're actually a dickhead. How did you get this job?" But that's probably an, another question. Yeah, you would begin to believe. Mm. <laughs> so then we we fast forward. You you've left BDO because yourself and some of the partners have come to understanding that you know audit isn't isn't for you. Mm. Why data governance? Um, to be honest, um, when I left BDO, my, my focus was um, directly on consultancy. So I, I decided to look mainly at consulting roles, um, maybe business analytics. Um, mm-hmm. And it was more of a case of I, I wanted to build on my technical capabilities where BDO couldn't offer that for me. And um, yeah, so I found myself at a couple of assessment centers specifically for consultancies. Um, there, there was one in particular, I think. I did one for um, one of the big four consultancies and I did one for um, an aeronautical engineering company, mm-hmm. um, BAE Systems. And I think when I came to Kubrick, it was more of a niche. It was, it was more of a niche thing. I didn't really understand what data governance was. I didn't understand data. So, so it was all very new. And to be honest, it, it, was, more of a, it, was, it was definitely a pun at first. But I feel like once I got to the interview stage and I was reading around the topic, uh, I gradually grew more and more inclined to continue with, with the um, hiring process. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think I think 
at first I, I didn't know a lot about it, but I feel like it, it was definitely the right choice for me. And that that first, I guess, 30 to 90 days at a company is always the trickiest. Like one, hmm. because you're subject to uh, probation. Um, actually, you can get fired within those 90 days if, if they, they find <laughs> you too. But also you acclimating or be, and being acclimated to like a new working environment. And also hmm. in, in some cases, actually learning a, a whole breadth of things which you didn't even know existed. So I remember when I joined like uh, Capita, um, as a procurement analyst, I didn't even know what procurement was. Honestly, I don't know how I even got the job. I just <laughs> I blagged an interview. Again, it was American football. I spoke about coaching. They loved it. Yeah. So I had to like study up about procurement and I had to print off all of these documents at work. I spent my, my journeys at home when I wasn't intoxicated, like reading all these documents. For yourself, how did you, one, kind of get up to speed with what data governance was? And also, how did you find like acclimating into that new work environment? I feel like it definitely depends on how on i'd say the company's attitude to um your development so mm-hmm. i think i think you get a general feel for how the company's going to treat you within the first couple of days and um i guess if they're willing to give you time to to get up to speed then that's that's absolutely it's happy days right and um to be honest i, I think i feel like all companies have the approach that anyone can learn new skills mm-hmm. um and it, we know it's going to take time. You just came out of university. Um, so, so it's a whole different um, ball game with regards to the way you think and the way you work. So I, I guess um, most companies will be happy to, to wait for you to develop and work on your skills. And that's fine. Like, that gives you a lot of breathing room. Um, but at the same time, you're more in charge of what you choose to, to, to work on in terms of um, getting better at particular technologies or skills mm-hmm. or whatnot so i feel like just just being transparent and open with the employer makes things a lot easier a lot smoother uh, as well to be honest so there's a few skills that you've picked up so sql and tableau yeah. those of your own um ideas to go and study up on, on, on using those those softwares or will they perhaps the company push you to do so all right so um yeah for, for my particular um for my particular role they do train you specifically in technologies like sql um tableau um we, we did a, a bunch of advanced excel courses as well as a new one called calibra um mm-hmm. and that's specifically for data governance um so those those were the baseline technologies as well as the um the, the contextual understanding of data governance the theory behind it the good practices the, the standards and, and whatnot so those are the baselines we did um a, i think a nine-week course training session um, mm-hmm. on that so um, that was very rigorous um, very very rigorous that with um, we did tests as well at, at regular intervals so every two weeks I think we did exams just to measure our progress but obviously you, you couldn't allow yourself to do very badly mm-hmm. otherwise if you did badly like consecutively over a long period of time there'd be questions over your development and how quickly you can pick stuff up so um, mm-hmm. but to be honest, the, the training session was intense but fun because it is more of a classroom environment. Um, you're learning with a bunch of people um, in and around the same age. Um, everyone's really welcoming. The teachers are, are good. So um, to be honest, my, my development is definitely being good in that. It, it was definitely more of a classroom environment rather than being thrown into the deep end. And you've been there two years. You've been there for, for two years. How have you found this last two years? Yeah, it's definitely been, um, it's been interesting because um, after you finish your first three months training, um, you, you 
then um, get placed at one of their clients. So mm-hmm. I've now been at a client of theirs. It's an inter-dealer broker. Um, I've been at a client for about last year and a half now. So the idea is after your two years, you can choose to stay on with Kubrick or join the client on a permanent basis. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like it's definitely weird going straight from a classroom environment into the workplace because the culture is completely different. Um, everything's moving differently. You don't know everyone. Um, you don't know how the business moves, uh, how it's formed. You, so you're still learning processes. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of work at first to adjust to a new culture. But um, I think definitely it's been a very interesting year and a half. It's been positive, to be honest. Um, and again, it depends on your manager as well. So I've been lucky to, to have a really good and supportive manager. Mm-hmm. And I guess, what advice would you give to somebody who's 20, 21 years old, fresh out of graduation or about to graduate, probably has had their graduation in this weird coronavirus pandemic world yeah. to, to perhaps land a job at wherever it's this particular boutique consultancy firm or any other consultancy firm, if consultancy is where they've set their eyes? Um, I, I would definitely say um, don't be afraid to, to experiment, to try new things, especially with your career. And don't be, um, don't feel forced to go straight into something and stay in that career for the rest of your life or whatnot. I feel like these are definitely the years to, to experiment, to, to move around, um, to learn new things, to meet new people. So I guess um, not thinking twice about, about um, thinking what you want to do for your career is that it's definitely a huge positive because um, I feel like a lot of people f- um, feel held back um, with regards to what they want to do. They find themselves at a company and decide to stay there because of job security and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I-, I guess just being being brave, taking that punt, taking that leap, um, leap of faith, I-, I think is definitely the-, the most important thing, to be honest. Awesome. So if anybody has any advice about joining Kubrick, they'd like a recommendation, how should they holler at you for one? Um, yeah, you can after, um, after you vet them. Obviously, you can't just be given any information. <laughs> I, I think I think um, definitely um, reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, Ezekiel Ola. You, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, again, if you find me on any other social um, social media, feel free to to um, reach out. I'm more than happy to to um, to have a Zoom call or a phone call about anyone thinking about applying. I don't mind talking you through the application process as well. So um, I guess um, that's definitely good. And um, uh, if anything, um, I can take CVs as well and um, push them to the hiring managers uh, if if need be as well. So um, yeah, definitely reach out to anyone on LinkedIn you find from Kubrick. Um, A lot of the time what I found is a a lot of people are more than happy to help aspiring applicants. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Alright, no worries, AJ. Take care. Wow, thank you for taking some time to listen to all of that. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Feedback makes the world go round, so what I'd like for you to do is please give us a follow on Instagram, bedroom number two B. That's our socials. Please give me some feedback as to how we can improve. Alternatively, message me on LinkedIn. So AJ, surname is Alpha Lima Alpha Oscar. Feedback makes the world go round, so I'm eagerly anticipating how we can make the next few episodes much better. Again, thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.